Another edition of the Behind the You podcast, and we are joined by, uh, in our minds, a dual Hall of Famer, UM Hall of Fame, and soon to be, well, you are, but officially, I think, designated Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Danny Graves is our guest. Danny, thanks for joining us on the Behind the You podcast. Yeah, thanks, Josh. A pleasure being here. Sorry it took so long to get here, but uh, better late than never, right? That's right. Well, you know, the theme of this thing is, you know, kind of storytelling journey, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but let's just start with the stuff, the, the low-hanging fruit, which is... I know you also commentate currently for for ESPN and cover the ACC pretty intently. So let's just start with this team right here, which yeah. the Miami Hurricanes and Gino Demar. I think Gino was just on your podcast. But what is your view so far of of the current 2022-23 Hurricanes baseball team? So, you know, at the beginning of the season when we started this podcast, me and uh, my partner Darren Vaught, there was questions about who we thought would be good. And and some of those sleeper teams that could, you know, just kind of sneak up. And, and I, I, we both agreed. And I, I agreed first, not just because I'm, I'm a Miami guy, but I, I said Miami, but I think people are sleeping on Miami because, uh, you know, last year they kind of faltered towards the end. Um, there's some youth that they have and, and some guys, some question marks in, in certain places. And, but I said they they've got a core of players with CJ Kafis and of course Yo-Yo Morales, and then the pitching staff is good. They got the best, probably the best closer in all of baseball, Andrew Walters. And to me, that they had the pieces. It's just when when were they going to put it together? And it just so happened that this past weekend they put a beat down on Virginia <laughs> Tech. So it's like okay, now they're making me look smart. But I, I can tell you though, Josh, a few weeks ago we had to talk some people off the ledge. I, I don't know why. Certain Miami fans think that, oh, since they lost a game to University of Florida, who's actually top five or six teams, you know, in the nation, like, why are we panicking? <laughs> it's the beginning of the season. There's still some people getting their feet wet, but we talked some people off the ledge, hopefully. But I think this past weekend against Virginia Tech, you really saw what Miami can be. You pretty much, I feel like you are one of the voices for ACC baseball, like how deep do you, are you, are you in it every day, every week, every weekend? Like, are you watching games, calling games? Like how much of a good read on the conference overall do you have in terms of the work you're doing? Yeah. So this past weekend was my first uh, games that I called. I did a doubleheader with uh, Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Uh, so did those games last Saturday. I got North Carolina state in a couple weeks on a Tuesday night game. Uh, they go to East Carolina, but most of my work, when March Madness is over, it's going to be in the studio. And for some reason, March Madness is a big deal. I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah. I should say, especially down here, right? Like, yeah, we can't poo-poo it. We can't right. poo-poo it. Right. Both Miami teams are, are correct are kicking butt, so it does matter right now. Uh, but as soon as that's over, I, my schedule will start kicking in more, where I'll do uh, a lot of studio stuff. Um, you know, the All ACC show on the weekends. Right now, it's just a few games here and there, but most of anything that I do, you'll see me um, either here doing the show or up in the studio in Bristol doing the show. I got you. So, and then you, what's the podcast? What's an ACC, what's it called? ACC baseball, et cetera. Yes. So to so many letters, right. It, just, it, it was a little, I was like, wait, I had to open it up and look at the full <laughs> title to make sure I got it right. Just so you know, that wasn't my call. And yeah, I don't job. like all way the to, letters. Way to distance yourself. <laughs> so ACC, B-S-B-E-T-C. That's a lot of letters. Yeah, a buffet of the alphabet. So, yeah, basically ACC, baseball, et cetera. And we wanted to do the et cetera. He mentioned it to me because at the end of every show, 
he does this thing with me called the hall of names where he'll name one player that I played with, whether it was at Miami or professional baseball, any of the teams I played in the big leagues. And the first story that comes to mind, I have to, I have to rip it. So I'm going to actually, I didn't, I kind of knew that, but I w- wasn't planned. But now that you said it, I'm going to, and there's a name I'm going to use and we'll save it for the end. We'll do my, okay. I'm going to steal it. I'm just going to straight rip it literally. And we're going to do something at the end uh, on that podcast. You said Gino on, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We just had Gino on it. And you know, what was great about this, Josh. So we had Gino on and Darren is usually the, the lead, the host his internet was bad. So he kind of got yanked out. So then we went to two box. It was just me and Gino. So me and Gino just having a little conversation, which ended up working out good. Cause he said that that's all he was going to do anyways, just introduce <laughs> us and let us both talk. And, and it worked out perfectly that way. That's the story, but really you sent someone over there to mess with his wife, right? Like we don't need yeah. you for this one. We don't need you for this one. Called the cable company. Exactly right. Now in that you were, um, you were rocking a pretty sweet Jersey. You were rocking like the, I think that was like the vintage 92 away Jersey, but it was special because it had the, the Ron Frazier patch. Yeah. Uh, how, how much UM stuff do you have? Like where, and where does that rank in like the collectible, the Danny Graves, UM collectible hall of fame? Yeah. As I was saying before we came on the air that I, my office is not complete. I've been in here right. for six years and it's still not complete. So I have jerseys lined up in my closet just over here to the to the side. Um, and I have it lined up where the Miami jerseys are first. And it goes in order from there. Like each year that I played, uh, whether it's minor league, summer ball, what you know, whatever, big league teams, all-star teams, it's all lined up. But Miami's first, of course. But I can tell you that I had to switch them around yesterday because this is the first time I put this jersey on since I was 18 years old in 1992. Well, the, the 92 one? Yeah, the one that I wore yesterday. It was funny. And thinking about this, Dan and I cutting, I'm cutting you off is I'm from here. I, I followed you on sports, all that kind of stuff. Like your name, me, like I know the name. I know who you, like, you know, I know what you did and who you are. And I'm like, damn, like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I started know losing it. track of time. I'm like, wait, am I the, like, shit, am I, I guess I am that old. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? Like, I mean, 1992, it doesn't seem that long ago, right. but it really was that long ago. Yeah. And, so uh, you just said 18. I'm like, whew, yeah, we're going back in time. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then I have uh, my 1994 jersey uh, right next to it. Um, it. The orange one. I don't know whatever happened to my green ones. The, is it the orange with like the manuscript? Like the, yep. is it, yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's uh, it's probably my favorite. I did like the green ones that we had that said the hurricanes across, but maybe my mom has it at her house. I, I'm not sure where that is, but those are the only two jerseys that I have. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a spot literally right, right behind your head. That would be perfect to frame it, put, yeah. put it up and the, you will always prime time in, in any, any shots you're doing in this home studio. I've thought about doing that, but the problem is Josh that I have, it's uh it's alligator wallpaper. Oh, really? what? I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put holes all in it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Al- like legitimate alligator skin. Alligator print. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So, How'd you come up with that? My wife is brilliant, dude. She, she's a, a brilliant decorator, home designer. And she gave me the idea and I was like, what are you serious? That is the coolest thing. And like if you rub your, like if you rub your arms on, is it like that rub, like that rub? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Here, here's a piece of it. I don't, it might be hard yeah, to see. I got it. Yep. Yeah. I see it. And so my, my ceilings have cutouts and there's wallpaper in there too. I'm just kind of dorky with that kind of stuff, but I, I, I'm afraid to put holes in it. That's no, the don't. problem. Yeah. All right. You're, you're right. Don't do that. 
Now, I've also saw somewhere on your social uh, you're, are you into, I guess, boot, right? What, what are you, you cowboy boots or cowboy something boots, like that? Yeah. Is that your yeah. thing? Yeah, I love some cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, so you saw those the other day. Yeah. Well, so th this company sends them to me, Tin Hall, T-I-N-H-A-U-L. And they initially sent me some baseball scenes ones. And I'll rock those. I'll, I'll bust those out soon, too. Uh, I usually take them with me when I go on the road. If, you know, when we go to the college world series, I always wear them, but they're pretty sweet. And they just sent me a couple new pairs. And I'm like, dude, I, I did the game here in my office last Saturday, but I wore the boots. I had to wear them. That was awesome. That was yeah. awesome. That's, that's a good get. That, that's kind of going against the curve. Cause everyone's wearing their low, you know, low top Nikes or whatnot, or yeah. And shorts and like, yeah, you're going the other way. I like it. Totally the other way. Yeah. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So let's talk about Ron Frazier for a second, just because he yeah. is like Miami Hurricanes baseball, and you got him uh, at, at the end. Even though you got that last year and he accomplished so much, what, what was so special about him as a player, being your coach? Well, you know, he was, for being the wizard of college baseball, like going into it, I, I felt a little intimidated because of who he was. Like Nowadays, there's a lot of, a lot of coaches that have been around a long time and people know who they are and, and some big name people, but Back then, college baseball was Ron Frazier. Like that, there was no other name that maybe Cliff Gustafson at, at right. Texas, but it was Ron Frazier who was the wizard of college baseball. And uh, so I had that little intimidation factor coming in. But as soon as we got there, it's like he was totally different. He was so like he was cool. You know, he was very calm, and he he would always instruct us in a calm and gentle way, and almost make it seem like. You know, he was our dad, like teaching us, but he was teaching us baseball or telling us something about baseball. It was very unique, man. I, I've never really had a coach do something like that. And um, it was very special. And, and I'll never forget College World Series 1992. We're playing um, Cal State Fullerton. And, I, you know, I'm just a freshman and we're one and oh, and it's raining and crucial situation. He brings me into the game. And uh, when I came to the mound to get the ball from him, he said, well, you know what? And like smiling at me, this is why we brought you to the university of Miami. This is why you got a scholarship. Right. Did you, you yeah. sure you talked to the wrong guy? This is yeah. Danny Graves, freshman. You got, you sure about that coach? Yeah. Did you call in the right person? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that, but anyways, so I ended up saving, getting a save during the game and through like an inning, a third, got to save. We win, we're two and oh, and we go into the press conference after, and they asked me to go into press conference. And I'm thinking, man, I'm sitting next to Ron Frazier even though I've been with him for 50 something games, I'm sitting next to him in a press conference in Omaha, which is unheard of. I, you know, I know it's different. It's so much different now, but back then, you know, with no, not much TV, there's right. definitely no social media. If you got a chance to do that, you felt pretty special. And, and I did, and I did, cause I got to do it with him. More nervous taking the ball or more nervous sitting next to him in the presser? No, sitting next to him in the presser. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything <laughs> wrong. I, I did not want to misquote him. So I'm probably misquoting him a little bit now, but it was to that extent. But right. at that time, I said exactly what he said to me on the mound. 
and uh, and he he verified it too in front of the reporters, which made me feel a little better too. So were you aware of Ron Frazier before you got to Miami? Like, I know he was college baseball, but like his his importance, his stature in the game, was that all very top of mind as you were either getting recruited, obviously, before you enrolled? 100%. I, I think at, at that time, everybody knew who Coach Frazier was. And you know that was really the selling point for a lot of recruits is, okay, you get to play for Ron Frazier. Who gets to play for Ron Frazier? Not many people do. So we all knew of him and you know obviously like i said there wasn't much tv so, but you got to watch the college world series and you always saw ron frazier in college world series uh you always think back to you know the the mid 80s the fake pickoff at first like that's college baseball when when we were growing up so i obviously knew of him but just about everybody did back in those days all right so were you highly recruited how's the story how does the story go it's a funny story, actually. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't highly recruited. I, I was recruited by some, you know, smaller schools, some Division two schools around Florida. We had a, my high school team. We were stacked uh, our junior year. We went to state and we ended up losing state, but we we were like twenty eight and three on the season. So going into our senior year, we had an outfielder who was number one outfielder in the state of Florida, Bruce Thompson, who who went to Miami with me. So scouts were always coming to see Bruce and we had this one all-star game or something in during the winter and I got to pitch in it. And I just jokingly, I'm like, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. And hopefully somebody likes what they see. Well, I threw it as hard as I could. And, and I hit 91 as a high school senior. And, and of course I'm going to go again, back then, Josh, 91 was, was pretty hard for a senior. So I got I hit 91 on the gun and the next day turtle Thomas, calls me up and said hey we want to offer you a full scholarship i'm like what <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so i'm like uh, in disbelief and then all of a sudden some you know other letters were, were coming in florida florida state and some other schools uh it's like once somebody started talking to you it's like everybody else started talking to you so i, I wasn't really highly recruited until after miami made the official offer to me and as soon as november came uh i, I took my recruiting trip November came the day that you could sign early. I signed. I was I wasn't going anywhere else. That was it. You you that as soon it. as they offered, you knew that's I want to be there. Yep. Yep. It it took nothing for me to say, yes, this is where I want to go. I think there was a volunteer coach that was with Turtle Thomas. He was interviewed for a story like six, seven years ago. So this is what he said. So don't get mad at me. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just this is what he said. He right. said, and there was this kid, Danny Graves who you would walk past in the shopping mall and never <laughs> even think he played baseball. So is that a relatively accurate assessment or a very accurate assessment? It, it's a very, very accurate assessment. <laughs> it's, it's, it's super accurate. It's crystal clear. Yeah. That, I mean, there's nothing more accurate in this world than that statement that you okay. just made. All right. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it was pretty sad. Like I, I looked like a little, Big old glasses and bad hair and bad body. I'm thinking of like major league Cleveland Indians, Kevin Vaughn type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who you should think of? Uh, the little the little kid from Indiana Jones, the little yes. Asian kid. That yeah. was me. That was me when I showed up at Miami, <laughs> except I had glasses. Yeah, it was bad. I, I mean, there were so many people that just didn't realize why I was there, you know? When you first got there, like when you were so like, what was it like when you walked in? Did you like, did you feel a sense of belonging or did you feel like 
a bunch of guys have been on here before, all different sports, all around Miami. And, mm-hmm. you know, they walk into the lo- the football locker room the first time or the clubhouse for baseball. And they're like, oh, man, do I belong? Yeah. Maybe mm, to do like a little pirouette and get out of here. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I felt like I, I kind of belonged. Uh, you know, I, I, I just kind of try to treat myself as I'm the little freshman. Don't say a word, you know, be seen and not heard and, and, you know, just kind of go with it and see what happens. But we had such a great group of upperclassmen. It was, it, you know, Gina was there. Gina was senior. Chris Anderson was a senior, uh, Kevin DiGiacomo. We had Jonathan Smith, Frank Mora. We had so many guys that were great dudes as upperclassmen. And, you know, you don't really expect that. And Gino, as calm as he is now, well, I mean, I don't know how uncalm he is during the game, but I just know that he's a calm dude off the field. That's what he was when, uh, when I came in as a freshman and, you know, he's a senior and had an established college career and and he treated us just like we, we belonged. And um, so it wasn't hard to fit in. Definitely wasn't hard to fit in. That 90, you walked into a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that year we had so many pitchers too. Uh, Turtle had a he had a knack for over recruiting sometimes, and we had like seventeen or eighteen pitchers that that were there during the fall. And you know, I, I told my dad at the time, I'm like, if they're gonna redshirt me, I don't want to stay here. Like I didn't come here just to watch, you know. And come to find out, it really wasn't an option. Like it never you know, they never mentioned red shirting. I just assumed that you got so many guys, how, where's this little freshman going to fit in? Well, I had a really good fall. And next thing you know, I'm like one of the guys they're going to in the bullpen. And that's really when my career took off because I was always a starter in high school. Everybody's a starter in high school. But when I became a reliever at Miami, that's the best my arm ever felt. Like I'd loved pitching often, you know? So it ended up obviously, thankfully, I didn't have to redshirt and I stayed there. But there were there were so many pitchers, Josh. It was I couldn't believe it. Did you want to start? No, no. no I loved I loved coming out of the bullpen. That, my freshman year, I loved it. Like you know, I, there was talks about possibly doing it my sophomore year, but thankfully they saw the success that I had out of the bullpen and how much I liked coming out of the bullpen that they kept me there because, you know, starting there, I always, my arm was always sore when I started in high school, like, except for the day that you throw, day you throw, it feels good. But then every day in between <laughs> it hurts. And right. I, when I was coming out of the bullpen, it never hurt. Like, you know, you don't throw that many pitches and you just go grip it and rip it for, for an inning. And then you're, you're done. And my arm felt great after that. Did you have to any, any mental switch that had to occur or like in terms of like, just kind of, that that mentality of like it's on me, it, it's my time. Like lock it down, shut it down, whatever. We do, did you have to figure that out, or did it come pretty seamlessly? You know, I, I, it came pretty seamlessly for me. I, just growing up, my parents, God bless them, they did a great job of teaching me basically how to lose. You know how to how to not just be a spoiled little brat winning everything. Um, you know, they taught me that it's okay if you don't do good, just go out and do better next time. And, you know, I know it sounds really cheesy, but it, that's how it was. So I knew that every time I went out there that you're going to get the best that I have. And if it's not good enough that day, I, I'll probably get you tomorrow, but we'll see what happens today. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. mentality. And, and when I was starting, it was like that for every inning. Right. Uh, but 
when, when I was relieving, it was just for that one inning, like here it comes, you know? Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. Speaking of your 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 parents, um, we we're going to weave them in at some point, but you brought them up. So your dad served in the military, correct? Yes. And, yep. and your mom is from Vietnam, right? Yes. Yeah. You were born in Vietnam. So uh, having that duality from your both your parents, how much of that was weaved into what you just mentioned about how they raised you and how they taught you? Like how much from a military background or even culturally from your mom you think fit into that part of the upbringing? So, you know, with my, my dad being the military background um, and him, he grew up in, in orphanages his whole, his whole life. So he kind of had to fight for everything that he had. Um, and then once he became an adult uh, and went in the military, he was in the military for quite some time. And he's the one that taught me respect, you know, how, how to respect people and um, how to be kind to people. And, you know, with my mom, it's kind of the same thing. In Vietnam, you have to fight for everything that you have. She had uh, 14 brothers and sisters. So Oof. it's like, yeah, she had a huge family. So, uh, and then of course, being born during the war, hurry up and, and get your family out of here or else you're not leaving. So it's like, you know, get up and do what you can to get out. So in a sense, it's like, get up and do what you can to be ready to play uh, or to get ready for the season or, or whatever it may be. Um, and I think a lot of, the stuff that my dad had to go through and my mom had to go through leaving her family. Uh, it's really puts in perspective that baseball is just a game. You know, there's so many other things that are more important. And, and for me, it's like, maybe that's why I was just like, okay, if I don't have it today, I'll, I'll get you tomorrow. I'm right. not going to sit here and cry about today. You know, yeah. uh, things could be a lot worse. They met when your dad was serving right in Vietnam yes. during mm -hmm. the war and mm -hmm. that war is, um, oof that's a whole nother story, but yeah, but they, they left. Why? So I was born in 1973. My brother was born in 1971. So the fall of Saigon was 1974. Um, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the fall of Saigon, but they pretty much said to all the, the soldiers, if you and your family don't want to be stuck here uh, with communist Vietnam, you need to get out. So we got all our stuff and um, th there's these films and pictures of uh, helicopters coming onto the U.S. Embassy and a bunch of people trying to climb the, the, the iron wall uh, and the gates to get on these helicopters. Well, we had to get on other planes and stuff to get out before the fall of Saigon. So that was why we left. Like there, we had no choice. And my mom, you know, basically was married to my dad and said, I have to leave my family. Uh, so she did um, to have a better life, obviously for us. And uh, the rest is basically history, you know, and that's insane. It, it is. It really is. And for 33 years, we never talked about it at, at my house. We never talked about that kind of stuff. My dad never mentioned it. And he passed away in 1999. And I ended up taking my mom back to Vietnam in 2006 uh, with Brian Gumbel and HBO Real Sports, we went and 
we went with uh, the founder of the the wall there in Washington, D.C. So we all went back to try to promote baseball and and help detonate. There were still like 900,000 tons of live artillery in the grounds. So we went back and tried to help raise money to detonate all these because they were still killing people from 30 years later. Anyway, so we, we go back and when I was 33 years old, 2006, and I, I really got a sense of, uh, you know, where I came from and not just stuff that I see on the movies, you know, not, yeah. you know, like platoon and stuff. Like I actually got to see where we lived before we left the last place that we were. I got to see like all these booby traps that were there. Um, just so many different things, all the rice in plain sight. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got pictures of it, like right, right there in front of us. We had, there was uh, rockets right in front of us that were uh, roped off that they were trying to find ways to get it out so that they can take it to an open field to detonate. And, and we did, we dedicated a baseball field there at a local college. And so before they built the field, they had to get all the live artillery um, and clear that from, from the field It was insane, man. It was, it was crazy. So that's eye opening, right? Cause you'll, you know, again, I was actually a history major. I'm sort of familiar with, I mean, in a very, very, very big picture kind of view, right? That part of time, but but when to to see it up close, right, for yourself, and probably also yeah. to see it through your mom's eyes in some degree, right? That you guys are yeah. seeing it almost from two different vantage points. Yeah, and uh, like she never wanted to go back. Like she thought if we ever went back, they would keep us, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But I I understand what where she was coming from, you know. Like she she left, and she was worried that the Vietnamese government was going to think she was a traitor, and. Uh, and keep her there and torture her. So, which was totally false. And, you know, all the U S government people, they all assured her that she would be fine. And she ended up having a great time. She's actually been back since, uh, two different times. Um, but she got to see her brother and her sisters that she hadn't seen in 33 years, which was amazing. And, and that was caught live on, on the real sports show. Like it, it just so happened that the camera guy was there trying to figure out, um, where we were going to go. And my aunt walked up and they got her and my mom like reuniting after 33 years. It was crazy, dude. It was wow. unbelievable. Yeah. So is there something not something that uh, as Americans, we would assume about Vietnam that we get wrong or, is, or you know what I mean? Or culturally that that has come with your mom and kind of filtered through you and your family? Well, I, I think um, a lot of people and maybe not to say that they're ignorant, but I think a lot of people that are against war feel like Vietnamese or Vietnam is the enemy. Uh, but Americans are welcome back there. GIs are welcome back there. You know, it's a beautiful country, um, beautiful places to go, beautiful things to see. And, and I know a lot of people are afraid to go there because they're, they're a communist country. And maybe for the fact, the same reason my mom didn't want to go back, like they're not going to allow Americans in or, or let them out, you know? Right. Um, but, but I know a lot of GIs have gone back kind of as a healing process. And, you know, I, I wish my dad was around at the time because he, he loved it. He loved it in Vietnam and uh, he would have loved to have gone back too. Um, but I would just, I would hope that people would uh, not just think that, you know, war, it's something terrible that Vietnam right. is not a good place or people from there aren't good people. I, I'm at, you are still the, are you you still the only Vietnamese born player to have played yeah. in the majors? I am. 
it's probably going to be that way for a while because baseball's they're starting to pick it up a little bit, but it's uh it's a little bit slow. They they do have some teams that hopefully they'll compete for the the World Baseball Classic, but uh, probably not for a while. So we're gonna hold we're gonna hold on to that for a while. Yeah, yeah. So maybe by the time I'm like eighty. <laughs> they'll ask me to be the manager of their world baseball nice. classic team i don't know <laughs> they'll, they'll roll you out they'll roll yeah. you out. someone have to roll you out actually or, someone or, to... gosh i might have to pitch for them i don't know <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you're coming out of the pen yes that's it come make sure. sure you make sure you're coming out of the pen so back so somehow i'm going to get my ourselves back to baseball so the 92 team only lost seven games yeah yep were you responsible for any of the seven any blown saves I can tell you my record was six and zero, oh, but I, so I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I blew any saves or not. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like I'd have to go back and, and look. So not off know, the top of the head. No, not off the top of my head. No. Okay. Um, but I was six and zero oh with with three saves. Gus Gandarias was uh, our other closer. We both were doing it. I don't know if he had any blown saves or not, but uh, I know I was undefeated. Um, <laughs> so. Put that on the record. I was undefeated. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't me. Right. Not my fault. And and you know, what's funny about that. Um, I was talking to Gino about that, you know, that we only lost seven games. We lost three in a row at one time. I know that sounds crazy. We we got swept, I think by Florida early in the season and to lose only four more games the rest of the year, you know, that doesn't even sound right, man. Yeah, that's pretty. now he mentioned something about I know you got to the World Series, Cal State Fullerton, Phil mm -hmm. Nevin, but he also Gino mentioned something about rain. So, but I'm I have a fog. I, I'm not really good at going that far back. So, fill in the details there for me. Yeah, so that time of the year in Omaha, it rains all. It doesn't matter. It's always going to rain. You might have a few rain delays. You might have some cancellations. Even now to this day, like I've worked at the College World Series the last two years for the ACC and. Like there's, there's days that are raining, you know, but they try to get all the games in no matter what. And unfortunately, when we were playing, we had to play through rain. Like that game that I was talking about earlier, where he, coach Frazier brought me in, it was raining at the, towards the end of that game. Um, and the game that we, it was either the first game we lost or the second game that we lost to get eliminated. I mean, it rained all day and rained the whole game, but you know, the games had to be played because, at that time, CBS, they had the championship game on Saturday and they weren't changing it. So, you know, like there, there's no adjustment, uh, like with ESPN. Now you can, they can maneuver around. Right. They got all these other channels. You can move this to that channel. CBS had it. And that was it. Like that game had to be played at that time, no matter what. So yeah, we it felt like we, we kind of got hosed, but at the same time, another team had to play in the rain too, but it just, unfortunate that that's how coach Frazier had to go out, you know, you know, bad, bad situation. Was it top of mind? Like to try and send him out on a high note? Like, was that, how, was that something you guys talked about? Oh my gosh. All year we felt like we were winning the, the world series because we had to, you know, because coach Frazier's last year, like we almost felt like it was a story, like a storybook ending coming. And especially as good as we were throughout the whole season, we're like, just felt like, okay, we were number one most of the year in the, in the polls and we're going to finish number one at the end of the season. Like we really felt that. And, you know, I, I still believe that we had a better team than Fullerton. We had a better team than Pepperdine. Pepperdine won that year. They kind of like got hot at the right time, but 
we had the best team in the country, hands down. There, there's no question about it. As far as depth, as far as pitching, you know, we, we had the best team. We just, we just couldn't come through at the end. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! What was that clubhouse like after the last game? I can remember. I cried. I cried. Uh, and not because we lost, but like I felt like I cried because Coach Frazier, wore, he wore his old like tennis shoes that he, you know, from back in the 80s and as our good luck charm. And they were so tight. They were hurting his feet, but he wore them anyways. And I'm like, man, this sucks for him. You know, this is not the way that he's supposed to go out. So I cried. Did you cross paths? You must have crossed paths with Nevin in the bigs, right? Oh, yeah. So we used to go on uh, Nike trips during the offseason every year together. And he's such a good dude, but I hated him back then. <laughs> hated him. And I feel like I probably told him that too, but like he's a he's just a really good guy, man. It, like he, he'll do anything for you, but he's a good enough guy. You could tell him that and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would just laugh. He would laugh if I said that to him. That's yeah. awesome. And what, yeah. what did, uh, so you get, you get a new coach the next year, which, what were your, you had coach Morris early, right? Mm -hmm. First two years. What was, uh, what were your early impressions of your new skipper? So after Frazier left my sophomore year, Brad Kelly became, Oh, the, that's the right. Coach. There was right, right, right. And that was short lived. Brad Kelly was a great pitching coach and, and we can just leave it at that. Like he was an amazing pitching coach. Like he, the guy knew everything about pitching. He, I, he's the one that taught me a two seamer you know, how to throw sinker. And and that was my bread and butter and all my years in the big leagues. But then my junior year is when Morris came along and he came in to a really good team. He left probably the best team in the country. He had Jason Veritek on that team and Nomar Garcia Parra on that team, Jay Payton, uh, Brad Rigby. So all, all four of these guys were, three of them were first round and one of them was a high second round pick. So like, this they were the team to beat in college baseball but he he left because he knew that at miami just the longevity that he could have at miami uh and the programs he could have um this was the movie he had to make so when he came to us he basically just i mean he in a sense let the older guys kind of run the asylum basically you know um he still was in charge and he still taught and he still you know, made the calls, made lineups, did, did all that stuff, but he was very laid back and uh, just kind of slowly worked his way into being the head honcho. And um, I think that the transition that he made helped us uh, as a team transition better too, because there, we didn't feel the pressure. Like he didn't, he wasn't one of those guys that came in and said, Hey, okay, this is a new era. This is how it's going to be. And, you know, here we go. I'm the boss. It wasn't none of that. It was just like, all right, guys, let's go play baseball. This is what we're going to do. And we were number one in the nation most of the year that year too, you know? Uh, but he was great. I, I don't know how he was to play for after that, <laughs> but three was amazing. My junior year, he was such a good, uh, a, a good leader for our, for our team. Where would that season for you rank? Like in terms of like the seasons you had bigs college, whatever. Cause that was a, that was a special, I mean, especially for the team. But you you put up some sick numbers, dude. 
Um, so that, yeah, as far as performance wise, that's probably the best season I've had in all of baseball. Well, one of them. So the next year when I, when I signed with Cleveland, I didn't start until the 95 spring training 95. Cause I tore my ACL right. in the college world series. So I got to miss all the short season baseball, which was great. I didn't have to go to that nonsense. Um, so I started in, in spring training, ended up making it all the way to AAA my first year of pro ball and didn't give up a home run the whole, the whole season. Didn't give up a run in double a just the wooden bats and the, and the sinker, man. It was, it was like a secret great, weapon, right? You're yeah. Like... It was a great thing for me because that those levels, the lower levels, they, they sinkers weren't a thing back then, you know, and especially with the wooden bat, like you're getting sawed off and those bats back then, the, the ash, they were like, they were easy to crack. So that was my MO. I'm going to see how many bats I can break. Um, but my junior year, always, we always talk. Cause I went for, I went a really long time without giving up a run. And um, some guys got in my head that I could go the whole season without giving up a run. I'm like, 94. Yeah. 94. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, that's crazy. That doesn't even make sense. So I went quite a while without giving up a run. And then I ended up Jacksonville. I think I, I ended up giving up, run or two to Jacksonville and, and ended up with still good numbers. But I mean, that would have been something, I think uh, something to, to brag about a little bit, but I also had a, a great setup guy that year. Jay Tesmer was filthy and, you know, he became the closer when I left, but he was a walk on that year. And he just, he made my job so much easier. So that was going to be my guy. That was going to yeah. be my guy for the, what's the name of the segment? You close it out with your partner. Hall of name. Hall, he was going to be my guy. Okay. Jay so Tesmer. we'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait All to right. talk about him that later. Jay Tesmer was going to be my yeah. guy. He's yeah. going to be my guy. Wasn't he like a side armor? Yeah. 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 I'm going to save it for the end. Save okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned the ACL, like how, gut-wrenching was that i mean it's a lot you know back you know now acl it's still bad but i think it's pretty well medicine's come so far that you just know you're yeah. going to get back back then it was a different deal so you must have been crushed i would imagine crushed crushed and you know ironically that was uh the first it was our first game which was on a saturday um and cbs had that game and you know who was uh the analyst for that game on the field analyst ron frazier Oh my God. Yeah. So I tear my ACL. Um, they carry me off and you know, I'm, I'm mortified. I'm like, this is just, I can't believe it. This was two days after I got drafted, I got drafted on Thursday. So Saturday this happened and we were, we were losing, I don't know, four to nothing or five to nothing. And I came in to get, you know, an ending of work, which I thought was great. I, I wanted to. And, uh, end up tearing the ACL. Um, but coach Frazier <laughs> went like a lot of people weren't happy about this. I didn't care, but coach Frazier went on live on the air and said, yeah, he tore his ACL. So he might be out for a while. And um, so like, everybody's going nuts. Like, I can't believe it. Just, he just got drafted and coach Frazier's telling everybody he tore his ACL. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. Like I didn't care. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like they weren't going to find out anyways, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't hide a torn ACL. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, Danny, go pitch. Um, yeah. My, knee, my knees kind of bothering me today, guys. Yeah. But it's been like three months, Danny. Can't we get it you on the mound yet? We just right. drafted your fourth in the fourth round. Right. Uh, was there, was there any, uh, did you have any flash, you know, flashes of like, Oh man, my career, this is going to set me back a good ways. You know, the first thing I thought of, it wasn't my career. The first thing I thought was, 
oh my gosh, I got to go back to school again for my senior year. <laughs> like that, the, that was the first thing I thought. Because you like, were already, this... you had already like no more class. Oh yeah. Not studying. Yes. I already, and everybody knew that coach, coach Morris knew that. That wasn't there your was thing. Even, that wasn't yeah, your thing. Wasn't my thing. And there was even an incident that happened and I won't say what it was, but I, it was a few of us juniors and three came back to us and it's like, I don't even know why I'm saying anything to y'all. Y'all ain't coming back next year. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that two of them did come back and two of us left. But um, yeah, I had no intention of going back to school. I, I told every scout and everybody that I talked to, like, I'm not going back to school. So I don't care where you draft me. I'll... Everyone knew. Everybody. Everybody knew. Like Honestly, even though you didn't want to be in school, that might not have been the smartest negotiating tactic. I wasn't a very smart dude back then, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't care. Like I wanted it known that um I wasn't going back to school. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So what made you like why why do you think you were such a good closer? Like what made you so good? That's a it's a unique position in sport, right? The whole the game's kind of riding on you at that time, you know, that moment of the game. What mm -hmm. you know carried into the big leagues? What what why'd it click for you? So I mean a few things really. I, I, I never dwelled on the past. So if I gave it up, I, I might be upset at at the time, but I, I know that I'm going to have another chance to pitch. So I'm no, I'm no, I'm going to get the ball the next time there's a situation uh, to come in and, and out of the bullpen. So like, I never re really dwelled on bad outings. Um, I think also like the mentality that I had is like almost not like a cockiness, but I felt like I, I had a moxie to me, like, even though I was a short little chubby dude with bad hair and glasses, I'm like, I thought I was better than you. Like, I didn't care who you were. I thought I was better than you. And, and if you're better than me that day, then good, good for you. But I'm going to be better than you next time. You know, that's where'd that that's come kinda, from? Like, where do you think that came from? I don't know, man. It, it, maybe playing stickball in the street. Cause we always played with older kids. Um, you know, and, and I hated, I hated when they did better than I did. Uh, it was just one of those things that stuck with me. Like, I just felt like even to this day, like, I feel like I can still get people out. I know it's not true, but <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, I can still be good. Um, and it's definitely far-fetched obviously right now, but I've always we, had we, that eighties get, get, can we get into the eighties? You think where, where, where'd we <laughs> top out at, you know, a few years ago, I actually did a, a, like a charity event for, um, this independent league team in, in Kentucky, right outside of Cincinnati. And they asked me to pitch an inning and I, I hadn't thrown for, I don't even know how long I hit 78 miles an hour that day. Nice. <laughs> and I was pumped. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to hit 70. Like everybody asked me all the time, like how hard can you throw? I'm like, well, maybe 60. Cause I can throw like batting practice all day long and throw meatballs. But if I try to throw hard, it hurts, you know, it's supposed obviously. to hurt. It's supposed yeah, to hurt. Obviously. So to hit 78, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like if, then I started thinking if I actually got in shape, I might be able to break 80, you know? So how much shape, like it's a lot of work to get two miles just to, just to say it. Right. Yeah. In, in shape for my body. No, I don't have to like get skinny or anything. I just need in oh, shape the, means if I throw for a couple of weeks, every day for a couple you. weeks, I, I can add a couple miles an hour. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of uh, uh, talent, uh, you, you played with a lot of talented guys. Was there anyone you played with that you were just like, that guy's good. That guy's like just insane natural talent. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few of those. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, obviously, 
Uh, he could just roll out of bed and hitting bombs and robbing home runs. And uh, unfortunately his career in Cincinnati, just with the injuries and stuff, um, I believe he could have been easily 750. But you ever, you didn't see. I never faced him. Right. Well, no. how would you, how, what would have been the uh, scouting or like this, the Danny Gray scouting report? Four. This is, we're going to put him on. <laughs> I'll get the next guy. I'm going to walk him. No, no I'm him. just kidding. I, no, I wouldn't. So the scouting report, like I, I would just throw, like he may get me, he may not, but my bread and butter was sinkers. So I'm throwing him sinkers down and away. And if he hits it out opposite field, then good for you. You know, tip your cap to him, but I, I wouldn't give in to him. You know, I wouldn't so, give him anything middle end to to pull because it's right in his wheelhouse. It, yeah. That swing is so sweet and natural. Oh, Mike, was that was that the nicest swing? And the easiest swing. Like, man, it was so pretty. Uh, Even through contact, through rotation, and is dropping it on the ground. Like, the whole thing was beautiful. Yes, yes. It was, I mean, it didn't even look real. <laughs> like, right. It was so perfect every single time. And it was the same every single time you know every every home run the same drop and it would like land in the same spot behind him it was ridiculous so guys at miami you played with that were just like you walked in whether it was your freshman year before you got you're like that dude's a beast oh charles johnson yeah big dog so my senior year in high school when i signed and we were watching on you know miami play on tv uh, being in florida growing up in florida is nice because you could see back then i think it was the F florida sunshine network or something yes but i would always brag i'm like that's going to be my catcher next year that's going to be the guy i get to throw to uh, at miami next year and and the, and lo and behold obviously he was there like he was such a beast on the field like being able to pitch to somebody that big and to somebody that could throw as good as he threw and I mean, it was just, it was amazing um, just to be around him, but he was even a better dude off the field. And, and uh, I actually saw him a couple of years ago. We did something together for the uh, players association. He same, same old Chuck, same big dog. We, you know, his, his wife, Rhonda was great. I, I'll never forget. She said that you need to wear this certain cologne when you're going to see this female friends that you want to go see. And I'm like, what? I don't need cologne. And she said, here, take, take Chuck's cool water. Cool. You remember cool water cologne? <laughs> I took the cool water Did with me, work? man. Oh yes. Yes. So that was the man. An assist to Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda. She was yeah. awesome. Nice. Yeah. And they're, they're married now, obviously. And have work for Charles. It worked for Charles uh -huh. <laughs> and I was going to do anything that Charles and his wife said to do. So. I got you. All right. So on the way out, Danny, we're going to, we're going to close the way you are. You're accustomed to closing. We'll put the ball in your hand. All right. And you got to tell me your best Jay Tesmer story. The, the funny thing about Jay, he tried out two years prior to that. And we didn't know because like none of us were, you know, we we weren't ever allowed around when tryouts were happening. Like where, you know, walk-ons get to come out and, and show what they got. Um, and he was cut the first two years, which would have been my freshman and sophomore year. And so he comes junior year and coach Morris decides to keep him. Uh, and, and then he becomes like one of the better relievers in all of college baseball, his the, throwing sidearm and his little Frisbee slider that he threw. I'm telling you, it made me, even better because they would see that angle, you know, in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. And then I get to throw this angle and the ball 
technically that I'm throwing going this way. And when he's throwing sidearm, it appears to be going this way. Like it made my job so much easier. And, you know, I, I would not ever have been as good as I was that year if it wasn't for Jay Tesmer. And, you know, he ended up having a great year the following year, closing out a bunch of games, made it to the big league. So he was definitely, uh, uh, just, could you imagine if he was with us the first couple of years too, oh even, you know, my freshman year, if he was just another arm added to that team in 92, but well, you know, Ron Frazier, you know, honestly didn't know what he was doing. Clearly. I mean, just <laughs> Well, <laughs> I can go out on a limb and say that Ron Frazier probably wasn't checking out the walk-ons. Yeah. You know, Hey guys, so... I'll be, uh, yeah, we'll catch up in the, uh, the old fall meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to go on the phone and, uh, talk to some boosters and, Raise some money. advertisements. Yeah. yeah we're good yeah. at that. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Danny, I'm glad we finally did this. Thanks for doing yeah. this. Um, right, right in the middle of baseball season. So our, our, our timing's perfect. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking past you to the, to the, now that I know what, the, uh, what's on your walls. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I got a, a UM glove in the I back. Got, I can't even put that on the wall. Like it's very delicate, to... very delicate stuff back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's stretched pretty tight. I bet, I bet that thing's going to, that thing will never come down. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, unless whoever buys this house, whenever I decide to sell it, they can rip it down if they want. Make a lot of boots or purses <laughs> right? or stuff like that. <laughs> Danny, thanks for doing this on the behind of you, and uh, we'll catch up. Hopefully, we'll see you down. We got to get you down to. I know. We got to get you down to the park. I know. You know all this, all these games and stuff that are done remotely now. It's it's saving the company money, so they don't send us out as often. Oh well. <laughs> I'll get I'll get down there. I'll get down there. All right, come on down, Danny. Thanks for doing this. Had a great time. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. All right, it. buddy. Have a great night. Thanks, you too. Bye.